Hey, this is Heidi Dawson. If you love all things health and wellness and style of any kind, hang out here with me each week. I'm obsessed with never-ending improvement, and it's all in an effort to help each one of us live a wildly successful lifestyle. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Hi guys, welcome to episode 197 of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. So if no one has told you yet today, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. I hope you know that. And things are always working out in your favor. And when you believe that, really know it, you'll start looking for it in everything because it's always there. But it isn't always going to take the form you want it to. So you have to be a good working out in your favor detective. I just thought I'd add that today. I think we could all hear it every once in a while. So now that you know you're right where you should be, you can take relax, I have a question for you. Are you loving where you are? Are you working on being the best version of you that you can be? Not meaning to be perfect, just the best you. No one can be you but you. You're unique and you have something unique to offer the world. Your uniqueness, though, cannot shine through if you're constantly consuming. Your uniqueness shines through when you create Now, consuming all day is the norm now. And by consuming, I mean completely filling your mind or attention with some distraction that isn't necessarily useful, like hours on social media or binge-watching Netflix, watching the news all day. Consuming in this way is not going to set you apart. Your ability to have ideas and thoughts and articulate them in a new way depends on you not consuming all day. But that's the norm. And oh, by the way, it's addictive. The more you do it, the more you need to do it to get that same feeling, that same high, just like anything that's addictive. Now, I've talked a lot about my personal experience of dealing with social media. There have been times in the past where I used to get sucked in and just, I would hit refresh 50 times or go down a rabbit hole of reading article after article that just confirmed what I already believe. I'd waste hours of my day and then really just dislike myself. Now, I I didn't want to be that person because I could innately feel it was not good for me. When social media first came out, okay, it was, for me, it was fun. I mean, because I connected with people. I'm a connector. I love to connect. But I I was connecting with people I would never have normally stayed in touch with. It allowed me to stay in touch with relatives all over the world, friends I, you know, used to know growing up. And that's a good thing. I love that aspect of it. I mean, I I did have friends who turned their nose up at social media at all. They probably are ultimately going to be the ones that are the happiest (laughs) now that I think about it. But they would say, oh, you probably like Starbucks too because I like social media. And they were like, oh, it makes sense. Still not really sure what that means, but I don't think it was a compliment. But for me, and I'm sure more than one or two of you listening, it became much more than staying in touch with friends and family. I mean, I started posting and needing likes. If I got a bunch of likes, (laughs) it felt amazing. But then I post something and it didn't get enough likes and it felt horrible. I mean, I would check my friend number regularly and then embarrassingly check the number of my friend's friends (laughs) and compare myself. I mean, I would wonder what was, what I was doing wrong that I couldn't be like that girl who had a zillion likes. And this is not a normal characteristic for me. I saw where it was heading. I didn't like it at all. And then politics 
COVID vaccines enter the picture. And then I just started feeling like I could get nothing done because my brain told me that what was on my phone was way more important than anything I had going on in front of me. So I would actually sneak time on social media because I was embarrassed by my addiction. I'm admitting this right now. And as I say it, I still have those feelings of shame about it. And as I look back, though, the turning point was when I kept hitting refresh about something going on, whatever the crisis of the week was, because there's always one. And I literally felt what I imagine a drug or alcohol addict feels. This is ruining my day, and I kept doing it. This is ruining my ability to be present, and I kept doing it. That's when you know it's an addiction. If you feel like you may have a problem, you probably do. But the good news is, you know, I'm always going to go to the good news quickly. (laughs) You're aware, and that's the first step. So many people don't want to admit it, just like with any addiction. That would mean they'd have to do something about it, and that's hard. Now, I feel like there's a super draw or a calling for me to really understand why it's so addictive. And I've been studying it a bit lately. It's fascinating. The dopamine hit we get from social media is the same we get from alcohol or smoking and gambling. So like Simon Sinek says, by design, social media is highly addictive. And of course we have triggers. For me, I I now know what they are. And I'm taking steps to change my habit when I feel that trigger. So boredom is one trigger for me. A couple weeks ago, I was in traffic, and it was really slow going. And I didn't have a podcast on or music on or anything, so it was quiet in the car. And I'm just sitting there in traffic doing nothing. Imagine that. And my hand automatically went for my phone. I literally caught it mid-reach in the car while I was driving. Driving slowly, to be fair, but nonetheless driving. Another time, I mean, almost really every time I get in bed, because that used to be the time I would catch up on social media, was when I got in bed. Worst possible time, I know, but I'm just being honest here. That's one that I have to actively be aware of. It's getting so much easier, though, because now I um, have started a habit of, I'm just reading books at night, no social media whatsoever. I'm reading a book entitled Dopamine. So at night, that's what I'm allowing myself to do is read books that I choose, books that move the needle in the direction I want to go. I no longer go to sleep worried about the things going on in the world or thinking about that comment someone made or wondering why that post didn't get more likes. Anyway, so currently I'm reading this book on dopamine and something interesting happened. The author is telling a story of addiction and she mentions Twitter. Immediately, my hand went from my phone. It was fascinating. Just the mention in a book of the name of a social media app that I used to spend a lot of time on triggered me to grab for my phone. Now, another thing that I noticed was I would have the Instagram app on on my first page on my phone. Well, I realized that every time I opened my phone to do anything, there's my Instagram app. Well, I moved it. I moved it to the last page of my phone apps. So now I have to remember to go look at Instagram because I I do get messages and I love getting them and I I love responding. But I don't want to have to fight the urge to look on Instagram every time I use my phone for texting or for something useful like the Calm app or my photos. When my Instagram was right there on the first page, I would forget what I was going to do and my brain on autopilot would have me opening Instagram instead. So I just eliminated the chance of that happening by moving it it to where I don't ever see it. I have to go look for it when I want to check it. 
And I'm not kidding when I say this, guys. We have a serious problem in this world. We have a phone addiction, and it is not serving us. Now, I am in recovery for it. Fortunately, I caught it myself. And every day I'm noticing the triggers that I used to have easing. I no longer feel like I'm missing out if I'm not on my phone. How many things are we missing right in front of us because our brain is so addicted to the dopamine hits we get from social media? How many moments? How many conversations? How many interesting people we don't meet because our heads are down in our phone? Over Thanksgiving, we went hiking in the mountains with family. We had no internet, no Wi-Fi, so nobody could be hanging out on social media. We all just had to talk and laugh and enjoy each other's company. (laughs) Horrors, right? But that's what we did. Now, my adorable brother-in-law and I had to run to the car to grab something from, from the car. And as we were walking back, he said, you know, with my phone having no service, it feels so good just to be present with everyone. I mean, I'm not distracted by my phone and it feels really good. I almost wanted to cry when I heard that because he's been working on that as well. And him admitting that to me says that he doesn't like the fact that he's so drawn to his phone. But when it's so easily accessible... It's super hard to stop. Having your phone 24-7 and being addicted to social media is like a recovering alcoholic living above a bar. It's very difficult to stop. We as humans crave connection. It's just how we're made. It's normal. Social media simulates that feeling temporarily but leaves us wanting because innately we know it isn't real connection. We're designed for face-to-face connection. Social media is like stimulation without an orgasm. It leaves you very frustrated. Now, I don't want to be frustrated all the time. I want to be present. I want to live intentionally. And I still want to be able to use social media periodically in a way that I feel good about. And I'm giving myself the chance to do that right now. Don't wait until it destroys your relationships. Don't wait until it destroys your ambition and your self-confidence, okay? Now, here's the steps I've taken. Maybe they might help you too. I've got five of them. Number one is move your social media apps to the last page so you don't see them every time you open your phone. That's a trigger. Number two is turn off your notifications so that you aren't constantly being notified. Studies shown very clearly this is damaging to your productivity. Number three is commit to leaving your phone on silent, out of sight, when you're in the presence of someone you're socializing with. If you're even a little bit addicted, you'll grab it without thinking. And now you're telling that person or those people they aren't as as important as whatever's on your phone. Number four, start noticing when you automatically reach for your phone. What triggered it? Was it a feeling, a thought, something someone said? Notice and be aware of what's triggering you. And finally, number five, be kind to yourself. You're hearing this message because you probably need it. Maybe we all do. But you're not too far gone. You aren't alone in this, and you can turn things around. But no one else is going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. I'm here with you, right alongside you, working to make each of us better, helping us to live our version of a wildly successful lifestyle. Share this episode with three people this week. You know we all need it. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you in a few days. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.